All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Wednesday, March 15th of 2023 here and you know what wednesday is wednesday is the day that we build golf lineups so got some golf action coming up. Uh, back here apologies about that not sure what was going on there oh actually i know what's going on uh my bad uh little feedback there apologies about that but uh we do have a seven game nba slate tonight we also have a four-game hockey slate. Uh, golf tees off tomorrow. I know that we have CSGO going on. We got league going on. We got tennis going on. So a bunch of DFS action out there. If you're not joined up with us and you have found this show, check us out. We have a no-strings-attached seven-day free trial down in the uh, with a link in the description below. But if anybody has any questions, now is a, a great time to get them in. As always, I'm Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at SaberSim. Uh, you know, you guys have probably been here before, but this is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions that come in live in the YouTube chat, see a couple questions already rolling in, or in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. There's also a link to the Discord in the description below. But that being said, going to get the app pulled up here, and uh, we are just going to jump right in. So only a couple questions here in the Discord. Uh, so if anybody has any questions, uh, just keep knocking them out here. But first question came in yesterday from Latman7. Question is, has it ever been said how many slate sims in the builder uses on the different levels on the sim diversity slider? I know it's been said many times that Showdown 10 takes a single slate to build each lineup, but what about 9, 8, 7, etc.? So, so good question here, Latman. Uh, I did post a response. I'm just going to uh, read that off here. And then if anybody has any follow-ups, uh, we could talk about it a little further. But I basically said it's a spectrum of the higher the sim diversity, which I'm going to pull up here. The higher the sim diversity, the less sims uh, we are using, the smaller bucket of sims that we're using. And then the lower the sim diversity, the more sims that we're using. And it, it ends up being a larger bucket here where – at sim diversity zero, what we are doing is we are using the mean score for players across all sims. So that is actually the number that you do see here in the app. So at sim diversity zero, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna move over to NBA here. But basically at sim diversity zero, uh, we are using 55.71 as Joel Embiid's projection. But anywhere in between there, we are taking buckets of sims, and that number might end up. Well, it, it will be different. We, you know, he's never going to uh, have that same number. It's like probably an incredibly rare occurrence, but that is what bucketing does. That That is what allows us to take into account these players' range of outcomes by uh, randomly sampling the SIM database. But good question there. And then uh, we do not disclose the actual number of SIMs. Uh, we, we had done that in like a previous version of the builder where I think this was... Uh, sim variants we, we we did that for a little bit but we have removed that feature uh just something that we do not want to display going forward uh something that we choose to disclose not to disclose all right next question came in from chase this is a good one chase uh i hope uh you know you got my wheels turning with this one so so chase said uh so in dfs in dfs since variance 
can take a large sample size until you actually can realize your edge, how can you make changes to your process and truly know if it's a positive change? So Chase, you know, this is a phenomenal question. It is probably one of the hardest things uh, to answer in DFS if you're not like a programmer or have strong programming background where you can, uh, you know, run uh contest simulations and and do back testing yourself so it ends up being pretty hard uh to answer most of the time i think that you know some things that uh people probably like you and i could do where i'm not a programmer uh can do is look at something like top one percent equity and track that over a long period of time uh, i think roto tracker does a great job of doing that if you are uh you know if you have the roto tracker subscription like in your bankroll you know if that's something that that you can afford to do that's great i've also done it in excel over a period of time and uh like literally you know uh, you write down the contest you're playing you write down your number of entries uh the number of entries in the contest uh what the top one percent score is and then the next day you go back and you you know see how many um of your lineups finished above that score, right. Or in the top 1% of the contest. Right. And then you do this, uh, tracking thing every single day. So it's something I did for a long time. Uh, but I ultimately just end up using roto tracker for it now. So I think that's like a good way to do it. If you're looking for like a little bit more of a, uh, quicker turnaround there. Uh, I think, you know, doing some like 1% equity tracking is, is fine. So I think that, you know, ultimately it will take, like a long time for, for you to like truly know, but I think you can get like some ideas within a couple of weeks, you know, if you're just like breaking every slate for like three weeks straight, like, yeah, it might be variance, but you know, you might also want to look into uh, seeing what you're doing wrong. And I think our YouTube video has a ton of resources, sports specific to help out with that. But I think that top 1% equity will probably be your best friend along that journey, unless you have a strong programming background where you can uh, run uh contest sims and do back testing on your own all right uh hopping over to the youtube chat and hiker really said hey andrew in nhl is there a way to set a build rule to allow only d versus opposing goalies and not c's or wings interesting okay let's go over to nhl here um so I know that we have allow skaters versus opposing goalie. We have that set to off by default. So I'm pretty sure that you might want to look into turning that rule on, right? Because then that will allow these uh, versus opposing goalies. And then basically you would now need to turn off like centers or, or wings versus opposing goalies here, but I'm trying to see if there's like a way we could do this. Uh, I might have to dip in to my NHL resources here on the team to figure this one out, Hiker Billy. So let me uh, not spend too much time on this since I'm not like an expert on it. And instead, let me just make a note for myself to uh, bring this up. And I can circle back on this one tomorrow for you. So I will dip into my resources here. And I eat uh, Scott and I'll see if Scott can help me out here. So hiker Billy 
NHL question. All right, next question. Franklin said, do the Sims account for the weather in PGA? So, uh, good question. We do not account for weather splits per se, uh, but we do account for like scoring environment, I think is like the right word. So if it's like going to be like really uh, terrible weather and we we are expecting scoring to be like lower than than on average. Uh, yes, we do capture weather in like that way, but we do not account for like uh, splits, like weather splits or like, hey, you know, weather's going to be bad in the morning, but then better in the afternoon. And then uh, so like the PM AM wave is like kind of, uh, the play they might have, you know, uh, they might shoot on average like two strokes better than than the AM PM wave. So like we are not going to capture that. Uh, what I would suggest doing is using the tee times column here in the app, which you should be able to see, and setting some rules based on it. You know, maybe you come into the lineup rules here, and then you go to add new rule, and then you do some type of group automatic rule where you're saying, okay, you know, uh, the the AM PM wave has better uh weather split so i'm going to make sure i'm using at least four players and then i'm going to add a requirement and i'm going to say you know tea time after and then you could just sort this and then see where the split is so then i would say something like after after uh 10 a.m here after 10 a.m and then you know i'm saying at least four so it could be more but at least you know that you're favoring one split as opposed to the other, or actually I said the AM PM. So that should be uh, before 10 AM here. So before 10 AM, and then you would just save that rule. And then it will grab all the players based on uh, the tee time here, and then create one big group, which you could see if you save it as a manual rule. So I'm going to say this is manual. And there are 69 golfers that are in the AM wave and uh, it will, it will grab all of them and then put them in a group for you and say, use at least four. So that's how I would handle like uh, strong weather splits. So we do, you know, understand the scoring environment uh, very well, but we do not account for individual golfer tee time weather splits, which is why one big reason why we wanted to add tee times in the app so users could take advantage of that feature. But good clarification question, Franklin. I think that will, uh, you know, that's that's a question that like serves the the vast community here. I could really said maybe a tick box for each could be added and activated on the builder when skaters versus a polling posing goalies is allowed. Thanks. Yeah, I could definitely uh, take that back as a uh, feature request here. I think that would be like probably the best way to do it. Uh, I know right now we just have like the utility column one, but I think that uh, you are onto something there and that might be uh, basically like the easiest way to like fix that. So hike really good uh, feature request there. I have that noted along along with your original question. I'm going to ask and see if we could do anything, uh, any workarounds in the meantime. The goon said for the 222 contest on Fandle with 25 max entry, uh, which GPP, I'm assuming this is going to say like contest settings. Uh, it doesn't look like the goon finished this question here, but let's go over to NBA. Let's talk about it. Uh, what I would do, you know, uh, I would treat this closer to like a 20 max. It is really closer to like a 20 max than 150 max here. So like I would not go up uh, in settings. Uh, you can see that the 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 only thing that changes is the sim diversity ticks up one slider correlation doesn't move at all here. So I think it's completely fine to to build it either way here. 
Um, the other thing is that, you know, now with the way that we are uh, grading lineups in SaberSim 2.0, they will be graded slightly differently. I think that, you know, the 150 max uh, settings are going to like be a little more geared toward upside here. So we could check that. We can go into the large slate and then uh, we can uh, actually know. So this is based on contest size, not on entry limit. So, so just one important distinction there. So the Saber score 2.0 is going to look at how many games are on the slate. And then we are using anything under five games is small slate. And then anything over six, six games or over is large slate. And then it is mostly just looking at this entrance tab. So I think the entrance tab is like probably really important now with the way that Saber score 2.0 works. So if you set it to 10 to 50 K, like that is what it is going to default to. Uh, if you set it to 50K, that is what the lineup sorting SaberScore 2.0 version is going to default to. So just make sure that, you know, you're you're making sure that uh, you're putting that in the build setting or you are revisiting it in the post build to make sure that you are setting with the right version. But it looks like, you know, this entry limit is really only changing the sliders here and uh, not a big difference between 20 or 150. But for the $2.22, I would lean toward the 20 max settings. All right. Franklin McBride said... In showdown contests, when you have a sim duped more than five times, is it still good to use that lineup or only target the ones that are three or less? Um, okay, so this is a good question, and I, I do want to make a um, a distinction here. So let's go to, like, NBA showdown, and let's talk about this. So so good question, Franklin. I'm glad that you brought this up. Uh, we, we have added a new summary statistic under our showdown lineups called sim optimals and and what sim optimals is basically doing is that when we run this 500 uh lineup build for our showdowns we are running it at sim diversity 10 so we are taking a single instance of the game playing building the optimal lineup and then doing that uh for 500 unique lineups but what can happen along the way is that a specific construction can show up as optimal more than one time so we can't put the same lineup in your pool more than one time so what we do is we tally that number here under this sim optimal summary statistic and then we use that as an input to our single game um saber score formula here which you can see and uh we are weighting sim optimals very very strongly uh in in this formula so you are going to see like the highest sim optimals um you know usually near the top of your pool here Th that is not to say that because they are duped in the sim database that they are more likely to be duped in your contests right i do want to make that like very clear distinction just because that lineup came up more than once in in our in our pool of of lineups that we uh pulled from here from the sim database does not mean that it's more likely to be duped and i think that if you're interested in knowing you know, what the uh, estimated duplication rate is, I think that GeoMean is is a great way to, to figure that out here. So what I do is because I'm on the pro plan, I have the ability to create a summary statistic here to actually show what the GeoMean value of each lineup is. And then from there, that can help me determine how likely that lineup is to be duplicated in my contest, right? So then the way that I do that is... Uh, so I'm going to pull up my screen here. 
So the way that I do that is I do um, the geomean formula. So, you know, let's say that I want no more than 5,000 dupes and my contest has 10,000 people. So I'm going to do five divided by 10,000 to the power of one divided by six, where six is the number of players in a lineup. And then that geomean is 28.17 effectively here. So, so this top lineup, this five sim optimal lineup with a geomean of 27 is projected to be under five dupes. If there are 10,000 people in this contest, I think this is a great lineup for, 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 uh, just to start, right. It's going to be less than this number, uh, effectively here. And, uh, you know, compare that to the number two lineup in our pool here with the sim optimals, same sim optimals, but a much higher geo mean, right? So like it's, it's this value that is going to, uh, more likely reflect the times that a lineup is duplicated. And if you're not on the pro plan, that is okay. Uh, I would do this calculation ahead of time and set this number. I usually set it to something like 20. I do the calculation with like a 20, set it as like a guardrail. That way I don't get too off of the wall uh, lineups to start with. And then I would set it up as a lineup rule under aggregate. You could do my own uh, geo mean and then no more than, and then you put in the number and then th that will take into geo mean ahead of time. So there are more than one way to do it. Uh, I think that, you know, the, the, perks of being on the pro plan and having the ability to add it as a summary statistic and then filter out lineups that are above that value that, that, uh, we, we calculate after the fact does help maintain some SIM integrity and, um, uh, uh, not affect the SIMs so much. So like that is one of the great perks of being on the pro plan and being able to do it that way, but doing it in the home screen does work just fine. And, uh, is, is also a good tool. So, so, so just, just to answer your question, you know, um, in a showdown contest, when you have a sim dupe more than five times, is it still good to use that lineup or only target the ones that are three or less? So it, it is going to be really hard to like find all unique lineups. I think that if you are shooting for something, you know, under 10 dupes, under five dupes, and you are, uh, consistently getting like that actual amount of dupes in the lineups that you submit into your contest, I think you're doing something right. There is something to be said about, you know, uh, sometimes there is a reason nobody is playing a certain lineup, and that is because the win uh, probability of that lineup is is actually really, really low, and it would take you even longer to realize that, you know, if, if it's unique. So I think that, you know, uh, when you're sharing lineups with a few people, um, that is probably because that is, like, one, uh, more likely to win and then uh, two, also, you know, you're more likely to retain more of your share when you do win. So I think that, you know, shooting for like under five dupes is totally fine. Don't think there's something different between shooting for like under five or under three. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're interested in like figuring out, you know, you have questions about your showdown process, th this is something I did. And, you know, I, I frankly, like I, I've said earlier, I'm not a programmer. I don't, uh, you know, have strong back testing background or anything like that, but, uh, if, if you go to somewhere like results DB and um, we could actually pull this up here because I have my screen shared. So this is results DB. It's a, it's a free roto grinders tool where you can go back into any past slate and then um, see what it looks like. So they only have the classic slates for, for NBA, but they do usually have like NFL showdown and what you can do. It looks like this is uh, 
the the Super Bowl here. And let's see if I let's see if I had any entries here. I think I did into the big one here. I probably had some tickets here. So I'll just like show you guys. This is like something that I would do during um NFL season here. So let me see if I'm in here. This might be like a little old, so uh might be a little slow. Okay, so I had 20 lineups in the um Super Bowl uh main GBP showdown, right? So like what what I would like to do is is come in here and see um how many dupes do I have? Who am I duping with? I think that really matters. Um, you know, if if you're consistently under like five dupes with with like top players, I think you're doing something right. And and you know, I'm open to uh criticism or critiques on that, but but interestingly enough, my highest scoring lineup was unique here. So like I think that's like a win in end of itself. A pretty interesting lineup here. I had Devontae Smith captain with his QB, Travis Kelsey run back, but but this wasn't duped somehow. So like this is like a pretty good lineup. Uh probably gonna be pretty proud of that one. But I would just I would just come in here, you know, do this exact exercise, search your name, uh, search the contest, and then go over to lineups. And then you could scroll down here and then see who you are duping with, right? So like under six, six dupes, two dupes, uh, unique, unique. I think I was like really unique on this one. I, I I was like really aggressive with salary here. But then okay, so like this is one here. It's like, okay, I have 11 dupes in this lineup, right? But but who am I duping with? Uh whistles go woo. Uh, JDS dog, somebody in the community who's like really good. Like, like those are, those are, you know, two names I'm, I'm happy to dupe with. Right. So even though 11 dupes, you know, okay. Like, uh, don't think that's the worst lineup there. Uh, 17 dupes here. Uh, Chipotle addict, like another big name, shady advice, big T, right? Like these are all like, you know, top, top players. And, you know, 17 dupes isn't great, but this was, like, also a huge contest, 470,000 entrants. Uh, so, so ultimately, I think that, you know, my lineups came out pretty well for this contest, doing this exercise here. Uh, but I think this is something that that anybody could do, right? If you have the ability to, like, go in and, and see the contest that you're playing. Uh, this $3.20 max, I think a lot of players in the community are probably playing that one. And, um, you know, I, I would also... Uh, you know, if you're interested in doing this type of research, uh, prioritize that contest, right? Make sure you get that $60 in the $3.20 max so you can come back and look at these things, right? Uh, so so I think that, you know, that's a good exercise to do. But um, frankly, frankly, I think for, for a lot of us who don't have a strong programming background, this is one way to do it. You know, under three dupes, I got Chipotle in there. Great, you know what I mean? So um, just, just some food for thought, just some ways to analyze your process without having a strong programming background, but just wanted to throw that out there for you guys. All right. Uh, getting back to Sabersome here, just swapping back over. And next question from Chase said, when using mini uniques, the higher you use, the deeper into the pool you go. At what point are you either too deep into the pool or is the lowest lineup too low of a saber score okay this is a really good question chase uh something that you know i think people handle differently and i think that uh it is really like a player by player basis so i'll tell you how i handle it and then i'll tell you how i have heard of the ways that other users on the team handle it and then we can kind of go from there but i i it kind of comes down to how much work you want to do in the home screen 
And for, for, for myself, right. I am somebody who likes to really value saber score or whatever sorting method I'm using. And um, I, I, I do think it's important to play lineups like toward the top, but I also think diversity is important too, right? I'm not discounting diversity in any, any way there. Um, getting, being able to smooth out your variance over time really does help your bankroll and help the swings a lot. Uh, so, so right here, uh, something that I tried to do is get to about half of my lineup diverse, uh, you know, whether that be three, four or five, like somewhere in that range. So I'll usually just start with like half and then see how far down I'm going. Right. So I'm at four mini neeks. I'm at lineup 154 out of 626. That's way above half. I think that's great. So maybe I'll try five. And then at five, I'm, I'm pushing 400. But something that like I always kind of look at is, you know, how many of those bottom lineups am I playing? So I frankly, I would be comfortable with five here. I think five is fine. But, you know, when when your when your rank lineups is 399, 398, 395, and then it jumps to 353, which is why I'm okay playing it. But say this is, you know, 393, 392, like you are only getting to those lineups because of mini uniques. So mini uniques is making you kind of uh, play those lineups. If you were to dial this back, back to four, uh, you know, automatically you're back into the top half of the pool here. And then you're playing, you know, 154, 152, but then it jumps to 153. So that's only like two lineups, but then you're still in like the top 50% of your pool. So that's how I like to play. I like to value Saber score and I like to balance it with mini uniques. Uh, there are other users on the team and I think it's also sports specific, but Scott has talked about what he refers to as like militant diversity, where he is trying to max out mini uniques on any given night, but he plays primarily NHL and NHL is like super variant. There are a lot of players in the player pool, uh, a lot of viable lineups on a night to night basis, but he's also somebody who's making a lot of projection adjustments and a lot of adjustments based on his, uh, you know, from, from years of playing NHL. So I'm not doing so much in the home screen. I don't really use many filters. I use like a guardrail filter of about seven just to, so I don't have to see guys with zero or like less than five minutes in, in my pool when I'm scrolling. Uh, but that's the way he likes to do it. Right. And then I've talked to Jordan and Jordan is somebody who plays like every uh, slate, every showdown, you know, every classic slate, every showdown slate, when he does play, so his time is like kind of spread thin. So he is mostly taking an approach of like, you know, I just, I want to uh, get spread out and and get the wins where I can. And I feel like uh, Saber Sim is so strong that if I were to just get all of this action down, I could do good over a long period of time, right? He's not really trying to be super exploitative in that way. He is more trying to uh, spread out and spread out his action. So it really comes down to like the type of player you are. Uh, that, you know, I'm not like Jordan. I, I like to do different things. I like to be a little more aggressive, which is why I don't like to get so diverse. So I could still take some stands, but, uh, there definitely is, uh, uh, it is, it is, it is important to think about how you want to approach it and make that a conscious decision of what your approach is going to be. So I would encourage you, uh, to reflect on that a little bit, but good question, Chase. All right. 2G2 great. This is our last question in the YouTube chat. Everybody 2G2 great said, what is the best slider settings to use since we don't have the ownership fade anymore? Also to get more players in your lineup, is it best to boost up all the studs and value players projections? So, okay. So good question here. So ownership is now being taken into account 
in the post build based on the lineup sorting method you're using. You can see this if you hover over, um, you can do this two ways. If you hover over the summary statistic, it will show the formula. So in this example, it is showing um, some projection plus 0.1 times percentile 95th plus negative 0.3 times average adjusted owned here. So we are taking into ownership ownership into account with this adjusted own uh, calculation as part of our formula. And then that, that formula can change. You could also see these eye icons next to any single Sabre score. And then you could click on that and it will uh, pop up the formula. So at a large slate, 50K plus, um, it's minus 0.4 or negative 0.4 times average adjusted owned as opposed to the 10 to 50K, which was a negative 0.3 times average adjusted owned. So we are valuing uh, the, the, the rate of ownership at different levels in different Sabre score 2.0 metrics is what I really wanted to point out. So ownership is still being taken into account. If you want more ownership taken into account, I would uh, look at these formulas and then see which ones have the highest average adjusted own. And that's usually going to be the one with the biggest contest size. So maybe you're at like large, uh, large slate 1K to 10K, but you want more ownership taken into account. I would just bump up the, uh, I would just change the Sabre score uh, metric to the large slate 50K where ownership is going to be a bigger factor overall. So that is how I would um, inc increase the amount of ownership that I'm including in my process. And then second question here was, also to get more players in your lineups, is it best to boost up all the studs and value player projections? So frankly, I think that that would probably um, condense your player pool because if you just say the value plays are all so good and uh, you know you also boost the studs, you're going to get like a bunch of like studs and duds kind of lineup where you're getting these like really high salary guys with these really high um, value guys as well. And then you're just going to get a lot of combinations of those players. I think the best way to increase the number of players that you are seeing in your all uh, player pool here is probably to increase min uniques. So at five min uniques, we have 47 players in our player pool. At four min uniques, we have 39 players in like our in our lineup effective lineup player pool. And then at one min unique, we have 28 players. So so from min unique one, we have 28 players to min unique five, which we said we'd be okay playing. We have 47 players, which is you know not quite double, but 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 getting close to that, right? So I think that is the best way to increase the amount of players that you have exposure to across your lineup set is to um, increase that number. But really good question there. All right. That is our last question at the moment. I'm going to hang around a little bit longer here and uh, wait to see if any more questions roll in. But in the meantime, I'm going to uh, pull up the NBA injury report. We can take a look at this while we wait for any questions to roll in. So if anybody has any questions, now is a great time to get them in. But looking at the NBA injury report here, uh, let's see what we got. looks like some news just came out here. Uh, 2G2 Great said, thanks, man. Yep, dude, happy to help. Uh, thank you for, you know, joining in live, asking questions. Uh, you know, you guys who all join in live and ask questions are who keep the show going for everybody. So thank you. But all right. It is a uh, 7.30 Eastern lock today. This is in uh, Central Time here. So a little bit like lock is a half hour later than usual there. Uh, Kyle Lowry news. This should be out before lock here. 
And then uh, we will see what happens. Uh, Rudy Gobert and Naz Reed being questionable is actually really interesting. Uh, I can only imagine at this point in the season, you know, what the chances are of them both getting ruled out. And then, you know, at that point, uh, who are we left with, right? Uh, another great, like, free resource similar to the results DB that we talked about. Uh, ETR has these uh, NBA depth charts that are free. It's a free resource. And uh, you could come into this sheet, click this drop down, and then see, uh, you know, who is uh, available here. So so it's Gobert, Nasri, Luke Gar- Luca Garza is the third listed center on the slate here. So if I go over to Minnesota, I just want to, like, confirm that. So Gobert, Naz, and okay, so so it might be Nathan Knight or Luca Garza. Uh, I would I would probably do like a little more research to just like kind of be prepared to see uh, what worst case scenario is. But Garza is a little higher salary, so that like leads me to believe that he would be up first ahead of Nathan Knight there. But should be an interesting I, uh, thing to keep your eye on with uh, the Minnesota centers here. Scrolling down, Alex Crusoe, not super important to me. Uh, Sengun, uh, he got ruled out last game, and um, I would be interested to see, like, how they uh, effectively played without him. So I think, uh, you know, using, like, Popcorn Machine here is, like, probably a, a good option here. So you can see who they started. So Tari Eason started, wow, played 35 minutes, didn't play well, but still played a lot of minutes there. So I think that's, like worth noting there you know just the in- incredible usage there uh, or like the the large amount of minutes that he ended up playing he is priced up pretty high i did not want to see a 5300 price tag on him but he has played a lot recently so um so that's interesting it looks like they ultimately just like kind of played smaller uh garuba barely played here and he's like their their next center and we can check that right over here on this depth chart and then it was it's Sangoon and then Garuba, but Garuba didn't really play. Um, and, and it's funny here, you know, like they make comments like he really needs Jabari to play some five to get loose. So it looks like, you know, they kind of like split these duties. Jabari probably did play the five. And then Tari Eason did probably play the four here. Um, so, so especially with them, like both playing on the court at the same time. So I think those minutes are like pretty interesting. I would, I would keep my eye on, uh, if, if Sengun gets ruled out, you know, what do uh, Tari Eason's minutes come in at, right? And 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 do we agree with that? So definitely something to keep your eye on here. So a lot of a lot of uh, uncertainty at center today, it looks like. Tim Hardaway Jr. questionable. That's really important. That opens up the door for guys like Josh Green and um, it's Jay Hardy, Jaden Hardy here. So he played like a ton last game when Hardaway was out. But then, you know, Hardaway was like a huge value play, I think, like last Saturday when Irving was ruled out last minute. So it should be some value here on Dallas if, um, you know, Irving is doubtful. And then we'll see what happens with Hardaway and with Wood here. I don't think the Malachi Branham news is super important. So a lot of uncertainty at center. And then uh, see what happens with Dallas. As far as out players, uh, Donovan Mitchell is back today. So that is a boost to Cleveland there. And uh, Jared Allen was already out. So like not super, uh, not something I'm like closely watching there. Anthony Davis out today. That'll be a big one. Uh, Should be a Lakers value slate with him out. Luka's been out. Kyrie's been out. And then uh, nothing, nothing really new down here that I would say, you know, Keldon Johnson back, Trey Jones back, kind of make up for some of these other Spurs guys being out. So I'd say, you know, Lakers, 
uh, Minnesota, Houston, Dallas, uh, some some places that you might want to keep your eyes on throughout the day. Make sure that uh, you are thinking about this news as you're building your lineup. If the news hasn't come out, you know, possibly an opportunity to uh, do some late swap optimization uh, for these scenarios and, uh, you know, take on like some more advanced uh, lineup traits in, in, in trying to save some salary and lineup positions along the way. But those are the places that I would be spending my time on today as I build my lineup. So I just want to give you guys some ideas headed into the slate. But all right, everybody, uh, no more questions. So we will be right back here tomorrow, Thursday, for our next show, 2 p.m. Eastern. So until then, good luck in all of your lineup building. If you guys have questions throughout the day that pop in your head, throw them in the Office Hours channel. Let them sit there. I do my best to get you guys an answer right away uh, in case, you know, that's important to whatever slate lock is coming up for you. But then we will just circle back to it on the next show for everybody to hear. So until then, good luck in your contest. Take care, and I will see you. Bye.